Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, folks, happy Wednesday. I am just overjoyed to be bringing you today's episode because it's been something that I've been wanting to have happen for quite some time now. Today, I'll be bringing on a familiar face to the podcast and honestly, somebody I consider to be one of my personal heroes, Dr. Russell Lede. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Russell's incredible story, let me give you a brief overview of just a few of his accomplishments. From Lake Charles, Louisiana, Russell served from 2004 to 2013 on both active duty and reserve status in the U.S. Navy. During this time in the reserves, Russell attended Southern University, where he received his B.A. in Chemistry and Biology, and then NYU, where he received his Ph.D. in Molecular Oncology. Following NYU, Russell began medical school at Tulane School of Medicine. And it was during this time that Russell co-founded the 15 White Coats, which is an organization that has been developing scholarships, helping to provide individuals with access to culturally relevant literature and imagery, and overall working to inspire the next generation of leaders and thinkers in an effort to diversify healthcare. The last time I spoke with Russell, he had just started working on the 15 White Coats and had plans of furthering his education. While today he is a member of Indiana University's Triple Board Program, where he will be undergoing his residency so that he can begin to work next within mental health and making it more accessible for marginalized individuals. Since chatting with Russell in our first season, I wanted to revisit his story as I just think the growth of his career over these past few years is incredible. And I also just found him to be a highly motivating individual. So I wanted to bring him on to share his wisdom with us all. So everybody, it is my absolute privilege to bring you today's episode with Dr. Russell Day, and I'm so ready to get into it. You know what to do, turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Well, Russell, like I said, you are a wonderful face to see. Um, Dr. Russell Aday, I am thrilled to have you back on. Thank you for, you know, taking the time and coming back on to chat. Now it's good to see you. Uh, excited to talk to you. And we got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> a lot of catching up to do. Well, like I just said, you have accomplished so much in the span of just the past two years since we've spoken. Because um, I think just to refresh anybody who was listening back then, um, you, I think we, when we last spoke, you had just started the 15 White Coats, you had co-founded that. And you were also at Tulane University um, doing your coursework there. And so much has happened since then. Um, You graduated, which is just an incredible accomplishment. Um, And you're now working on, um, you know, your next degree. You're at Indiana University. You're the, like you said, you're the first Black man to become a triple board at Indiana University. Um, We'll talk more about that. (laughs) We'll, We'll get more into that. 
basically, I guess let's just first start off by chatting about how have you been, how have the past few years been since, like I said, graduating from Tulane, now moving to Indiana and just continuing your, your education and your work? Um, it's been good. It's been uh, a lot of growth. You know, uh, it was a lot of growth personally for me and my family to figure out where we were moving to, you know, match day is a huge day for doctors to figure out like what are you going to do next you know you have these desires i wanted to be a psychiatrist i wanted to be a child psychiatrist i wanted to be a pediatrician and and that dream came true you know it's there's i think the year that i matched there were like 19 or 20 spots in the whole country um to do a triple board residency and i was the only black man to match into a triple board residency and the first one at Indiana University in this long history. So um super excited. That took a lot of energy, uh, but it also took a lot of energy to, to keep the 15 white coats going. Um, that's been a whole lot of work. We've grown a lot since the last time we talked. We added on an executive director, some assistants, a social media manager. We've gained a lot more capital. So now we can do a lot more in the scholarship realm. Um it's just been a lot of growth. Um, and then I've also, I grew my hair out. So I like my hair. <laughs> uh, I just needed a new phase and uh, and I've enjoyed it a lot. You know, when I look back from the last time we talked until now, um, I can honestly say that I've grown in so many different ways. And the person I am now is, is not as flustered by the small changes of life. You know, um, I actually embrace it. I like to ride the wave and kind of like, I, I kind of think of myself as a surfer now. I like to ride the wave, figure out where the next wave is coming from. So, Yeah, it's it's so wonderful. And I honestly like can wholeheartedly say like, no one deserves it more. Um, <laughs> you, you deserve all the success and all the growth that's coming your way. And so we were talking about it, fourth season of handling it. I wanted to revisit, you know, previous stories because I have grown a lot in the past few years. Yeah. And yeah. I know others have too, right? Everybody grows. Life is all about growing and not just growing because your accomplishments on paper uh, have grown. I'm sure your your resume has grown a bunch. But um, looking at, I'm sure, just the the mental growth, the like how your spirit has grown, your soul, and just the different accomplishments you've achieved how that's impacted sort of who you are, your dreams, your aspirations, and what you've done. I mean, just look at your platform since, uh, you know, since we first started out our first conversation together. You, I mean, you've been, I've seen your face so many places. You've been on, whether it be talk shows and just uh, a following on social media. And I mean, not that that's right, the goal in any way, but your goal, um, you know, I think from when we originally had spoken was to just get the message out there, especially with the 15 white coats. Um, we can revisit that, uh, you know, for those who didn't listen to our previous conversation and who are new to you and your story. But the 15 white coats is 
a um, an organization, a group that you founded, that you co-founded, and um, you know you work to uh, help inspire the next generation of diverse doctors, lawyers, dentists, vets, and your mission is through the fifteen white coats to you know develop scholarships and you know, uh, facilitate, as you say, facilitate access to culturally relevant literature and inspire and mentor the youth of tomorrow. Um, and I, I just that was what really caught my eye to your story originally, just the way you care so much about just the youth, the next generation, how can, you know, we allow individuals with, you know, no matter what your dreams, your aspirations, whatever they are, how can we validate those for you? How can we develop, kind of cultivate a world in which, Anyone can feel inspired to go after that little voice that's saying, hey, I want to do this, like to kind of follow that passion. Um, And how has, if you wouldn't mind just diving into how has the 15 White Coats, you you mentioned the grant, how has that been going, um, you know, now in 2023? Yeah, in 2023, we are somewhere we never thought we would be. You know, we started off with an idea and a photo you know, that, that photo of the 15 white coats absolutely went viral and um, it caught a lot of people's attention. The, the photo caught a lot of people's attention. The cause took a little bit longer. Um, but I, I do have to give a lot of thanks to um, to a number of people. Like Kelly Clarkson, she, she brought us on her show um, and, and allowed us to really blow our platform up, you know, and really do some amazing things um, and, and really give us some footing in L.A. and in California. Um, and then Good Morning America, you know, my guy Gregory Porter literally sang to me on Good Morning America and just told me that he was really proud of me. He ended up giving me the proceeds from his New Orleans concert. Um, he gave it to the 15 White Coast for us to keep pushing these these scholarships. And we were able to give out like 25 scholarships just along with his proceeds um, to help minorities get through board exams, to help them get into medical school, to even help some residents with their mental health. Um, so we've really been able to, to spread ourselves in terms of where our impact lies. Um, and now, thanks to a company called Genentech, um, we just received a, a nearly half million dollar grant from them to do two really crazy things. So I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I had to give a, a talk at Genentech back in February um, for Black History Month uh, uh, as a part of their Of Many Cultures um, series uh, just a month before me. I think they brought in Serena Williams. So I had some big shoes to fill. <laughs> and uh, I was intimidated out of my mind, but I was like, I'm just gonna tell the truth. And if it lands, it lands. And if it doesn't, well, it just wasn't the right crowd for me. And, and afterwards, uh, they wanted to talk to us more about how could they help the 15 white coats go further, faster. And I gave them this crazy idea. I was like, listen, I need enough funding to completely prepare 50 minorities from historically black colleges and universities, Hispanic serving institutions and indigenous serving institutions for medical school. Like I need to give them everything. And I also need to give them the encouragement. I need to bring in mentors. I need to do a lot of different stuff. And I know how to prepare people to go to medical school because I've done it already. And they were like, okay, um, what else do you want to do? I was like, well, I also want to go to a whole bunch of historically black colleges and universities and tell them about the 15 white coats 
but also go to some elementary, middle, and high schools in those same cities and try to figure out how we could tether the elementary, middle, high school, and the college together. So we, we're doing that by putting these libraries, these resilient uh, readers' libraries in each of those schools and then visiting the HBCU, and they funded all of that. So um, along with funding some, some internal stuff like hiring an executive director, hiring some executive assistants, um, you know, getting our legal paperwork in order, all kind of stuff that we really needed to do, um, apparel design, social media management, like all the things that you really want, you need an organization to have, like they bolster us up. So obviously we've been able to expand our platform a whole lot into your point earlier. Um, you know, my goal is just to get the message out there that, you know, we do need more minority doctors. Like we just do, um, because we know that it increases you know, uh, positive outcomes for patients, but it also just overall uh, diversifies the workforce. And obviously, you know, um, diversifying any workforce is important for 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 growth, for innovation, progress. Um, you know, financially, economically, and even socially. So, what we're doing is is really crazy, and I I can't believe I'm saying all this in 2023 because you know, in 2020, 2021, I was like, man, this ain't gonna never work. Um, we just scratching the surface and, you know, they got way bigger players with way, you know, way bigger pockets and way more influence. And, and here I am, you know, nearly a half million followers across my platforms and just like being able to put a message out that is really impactful. It's crazy. Like it's, it's really crazy, but I'm grateful for it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's where we are now. So I'm taking it for what it is. Yeah. Well, I think what's what's really wonderful about, I mean, just hearing all of that, but what's really wonderful about you and shows, you know, a lot about you as an individual is you have to be tenacious when you have a goal, when you have something that you want to do. Um, because I think that's a lot of times I'll find people who have ideas, you know, they set out to do something and then, eh, you know, the road looks a little like there's a lot of hills to climb. Maybe I'll I'll put it on the back burner. And then a lot of times, you know, people don't ever continue with it and um, to walk into something with an expectation that it's going to be quick and it's going to happen fast. That's really not realistic. So the fact that you kept at it and you said, okay, 2021, like this, <laughs> you know, doesn't look so good. The the future, I mean, wow, wh how are we going to create something like this? But you kept at it. And I mean, look at, like you said, like, look at where you are now to get like a grant like that is extraordinary. And I think too, um, hearing what you're doing, um, you know, not just for youth in across colleges and universities in the United States, but I think it's the little, the little kids, right? The classrooms going back to elementary schools, grade school, that's where the dreams start. That's where the dreams of, I want to be president. I want to be an astronaut, you know, all those little dreams that we develop as children. Um, and then the harsh realities of the world weigh on us and, and society, whether it be society or not, like forces us to change paths and, uh, you know, come up with a goal that's more like in quotes, realistic, whatever that means. But really, like you said, like anything can be achievable if we start instilling that mindset in people that it can be. And we start paving the way in our, you know, our workforce, in our classrooms that, you know, those opportunities can be reached. Um, and I think with organizations like yours, like I said, you're really enabling um, people to do that or helping people to do that in the best way possible. 
Um, and so just, I guess, turning the uh, conversation back to you and everything you've achieved with your education, because um, I you posted something a few months ago on social media, and I wanted to call it out because, like I said, this, this season's all about growth. <laughs> and um, I think just this, it really... <laughs> it was just so wonderful to read Russell. So you posted, you know, how it took 18 years to get to this moment. You spent, for anybody who doesn't know, you spent five years um, in the U.S. Navy active duty. And I mean, just thank you for your service. My dad was in the military. I I just, it's incredible. Um, you spent four and a half years in the reserves, and then you spent four years undergrad, um, getting your undergraduate degree, and then five years getting your PhD at NYU four years for your MD and MBA um, at Tulane, uh, where you recently graduated from. And then now the next chapter is Indiana University as a part of the triple board. So how has, I mean, when you look back on, because if you wouldn't mind, would you mind sharing how you even had the idea? I know you were working as a security guard. How did you even get the idea of wanting to step into, you know, the medical field? Yeah, I didn't. I honestly didn't. You know, when I got off active duty, uh, I wanted to be a social worker because I grew up, you know, with social workers helping me and my mom uh, and my sister with food stamps and like, you know, child support and all the things that were really helping us to stay afloat. And so I was like, oh, I want to go back to my community and be a plug. Like, I just want to go back and do those exact same things. I sat in a chemistry class and I was like memorizing the periodic table in a few days and answering questions without a calculator. And I just love chemistry. I absolutely love chemistry. Um, I think out of all my degrees, my chemistry degree is my my most favorite degree. Um, But uh, this teacher pulled me aside and she was like, hey, have you ever thought about like biology, chemistry, like going into science? I was like, black people don't become scientists. I don't know what you're talking about. She was like, oh, really? She's like, okay, well, I'm gonna put you in touch with some. And she did. And they encouraged me. And, you know, that's how the whole like science part of it came. But the medicine part of it came is while I was simultaneously in college, I was also working as a security guard at this hospital um, because I was on reserves and they don't really pay you that much, not nearly as much as active duty. So I was working as a security guard at this hospital and you know, at the front of this hospital, this is ramp. Every hospital has this iconic like front part where doctors park and they get close parking and they walk into the hospital. And, and, and as a security guard, you stand at the top of the ramp and you watch these doctors drive in in their fancy cars and walk up these stairs and then walk across the ramp to get into the hospital. And I would always ask them like, man, like, what's it like to be a doctor? You know, like, what do you do? Like, you know, and I was just intrigued. Like, what is this? You know, sometimes I'd be in the ER, you see like these really bad traumas come in with this gunshot wound or car wreck or heart attack. You watch all these people working on these people to help them to stay alive. It all intrigued me. And I would ask them like, can I shadow you? A lot of them were like, no, they're like, nah. Security guards don't become doctors, um, which was cool because like, like to your point earlier, um, I just had this internal tenacity. Like, if you tell me no, you just you just making it worse. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you would have told me yes, I probably would have been cooler. <laughs> and if you would have, I'm gonna go further if you tell me no. Um, I'm gonna go well beyond what you say. So to that point, um, 
you know, I just kept trying. And finally, there was this doctor. He was a young surgeon, chief. He was the chief resident. Um, and uh, he was like, yeah, you could come shadow me. And I was like, bro, what? So I stayed in the hospital overnight that night because I didn't really believe him. I was like, I'm going to wait for him to come in in the morning. I want to see him come through the doors. And uh, I met him the next morning. He brought me into the OR. Um, I met an African-American surgeon by the name of Dr. Peter Bostic, who's one of the best breast oncology surgeons in the world. And uh, sure enough, um, they helped me to apply to medical school, but I didn't get in. Um, I didn't really do well on the exams. I probably wasn't prepared to go to medical school at that time. And so um, I went and got my PhD um, in molecular oncology and, um, at a at NYU School of Medicine in New York. So obviously we moved to the Big Apple, but that dream of becoming a doctor was still in the back of my head. So I reapplied um, after I got a lot of encouragement from my principal investigators at the time at NYU School of Medicine, Michael and Susan. Um, and uh, I reapplied and I got in, but I realized this time I, had a, I was a lot bigger of an asset. Like I was an asset to an institution. I wasn't just a student. Um, so I decided to come to Tulane. They gave me a full ride for medical school, which is like unheard of. So I didn't have to pay to go to medical school, which was nice. And so essentially I didn't pay for any of my education because undergrad was paid for by the military. My PhD was paid for because I was on a grant and then my medical school was paid for by a scholarship. So, um, and then the idea of becoming a triple board resident really came from this interaction I had with this young African-American boy from, uh, from New Orleans. And uh, I was in this child and adolescent psychiatry clinic. And, um, after we ended up meeting, he was like really shocked by my presence. He was like, what are you doing here? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like he really couldn't compute like why somebody who like he was familiar with, like somebody who looked like him was here. Cause honestly in medicine, like it ain't that many black men in medicine. Like the numbers are actually lower now than they were in 1970. So you do with that what you want. So um, I remember telling Dr. Mio Mint, and I was a first year medical student at this time. This is back in 2018. You know, usually you don't know what you're going to do. I was like, I'm going to be a triple board resident. He's like, ah, you got a while to go. You need to figure some things out. I was like, nah, I know what I'm going to do. Fast forward to 2022. And um, that's where the I'm proud of you black man moment came from. Um, you know, where I was just like, I understood the moment. Like I understood what I had done. Um, I knew there was a chance that I'd be the first African-American resident, uh, triple board resident at Indiana University, uh, male resident at Indiana University. But also, I just knew what that meant for my community. Like, uh, having a Black man who looked like me, like, who act like me, who sound like me, <laughs> like, who is just, you know, to your point, like, the ethos of who I am, um, as somebody who's so worried about the general health of children and also the mental health of children and adolescents, it's a gift. Like it's a, it's a real gift to the community because they like, wow, like we got somebody who didn't leave us behind. Like the things that he's doing are intentionally for him to be an asset to the community, you know? And that's always my goal is to be an asset to the community that made me who I am. And so to the person's point about a security guard not becoming a doctor, I guess they were right. Like <laughs> security guards don't become doctors. Like security guards become double doctors. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, and, and and I can always carry that with me now that anything is possible. Like it's anything is possible. It's going to take a hell of a whole lot of work and you're going to go through a lot of unfair situations. But 
Um, it's going to take some tenacity. It's going to take a lot of people helping you. There's the Vladimir Svetlovs, the Marcus Lambers, the Vivian Mosses, like the Angel Russells. There's so many people. My wife, who's been by my side for almost 18 years now. Um, I think this year we make 18 years married. So it's been crazy to have, like, people who looked at me, you know, inside my camp and were like, yo, what you're doing is unprecedented, but we're going to rock with it. So let's just go try to climb this mountain. And if we fail, it's okay. Like, it's not the biggest deal in the world if you fail because you're trying to do something that's never been done before. So, you know, if you make it to the top, great. But if you don't, then we get it. You gave it a shot. You're going to be able to put somebody else in position to succeed if you don't make it. But the goal is for you to make it, you know. And now I have you supported. I just wrote an article for psychiatrist.com um, just talking about the importance of seeing me for me. Like you could talk about all my academic prowess and my talent, but like I'm still me. You know, I'm still, you know, this 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 black man from Louisiana who who loves the way he talks, who loves the way he sounds, um, and loves the way I behave, you know, and the way I care about people. And I love to bring that to the medicine I provide, you know, the, the way I practice medicine. So I like, I love that I'm at a place where um, the attendings that I work with embrace who I am as a person, as a component of the way that I practice medicine, instead of being like, nah, like you shouldn't be like that. Like you should tone that down and try to be as sterile as you can possibly be. And I'm like, that's not who I am as a person. Like I can't behave that way, you know? So um, shout out to Dr. Yoder, um, Dr. Rachel Yoder, who's our program director, who's just really been in my corner and just been like, now nah, RJ, like, I need you to be you. Like we could teach you how to do medicine, but we can't teach you how to be you. Mm -hmm. Well, you referenced, um, your, the, I'm proud of you video that you had posted. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to, once this episode airs, I'll probably like go ahead and reshare that video because that I, I remember watching that when you had dropped that video and Russell, like the, I, <laughs> had been so happy for you. Like it makes me emotional because like I said earlier, like no one deserves it more than you. And just hearing you talk about all the different sort of cycles of your story there and the different stages of your life, like none of that is coincidental. I really believe like God's purpose for you yeah. is yeah. is so evident. Um, and that what you're doing and who you represent and your soul um, I, I just think what you're going to do for not just the African-American community, but for just the next generation of dreamers and aspiring, whether it be aspiring doctors or just kids who, who want to just follow their dreams. I think seeing you, how you've approached every sort of stage of this process, it's the absolute, truly like most inspiring thing. And I think what you're doing, like, like I said, there is no mistake about it. Every, like no coincidences, like you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be in this world. And I think it's, I, I just can't wait to see what's to come. But um, I guess, you know, with that said, uh, hearing you sort of talk about school and, and, you know, all the different facets of that. Cause I know like, I mean, let's chat about it quick. Cause school in the States, I mean, I came abroad to get my degree because <laughs> it's cheaper, it's faster. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, you know, you definitely know how it is. Uh, 
have you, I'm, I'm really curious, have you come across any, any young students or individuals who are, you know, interested in the medical field who have, you know, whether it be the, the cost is something that's deterred them from, you know, getting involved and furthering their education. Um, maybe it's, you know, something really personal, like their, their, family status there, you know, they don't, a lot of people, I feel like, especially because there's such, I mean, look at yourself, two kids, a wife and two kids going through this whole, like, it's, it's a hard thing to do when you have a family. Um, it's, I think hard to do just as hard to do on your, on your own as well. But, um, I guess my point is, have you ever approached people who just feel like, "Mm, I don't know, I don't know if I can do it. And what has your advice been for them? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of my advice for other people, it, it started from my own life lessons. Um, I've heard all the no's. You know, I've heard people say, no, 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 you don't belong. No, this ain't the right place for you. No, this ain't the right time for you. Um, but then I had some people in my corner who were like, yes. You know, like, yeah, yeah, you do belong here. You do, you, know, you got what it takes. And so I, I see students like this. I meet I meet with students who want to go into medical school or go into the medical field, whether it's nursing, PA, dentistry, vet, whatever, every week. So every week I have standing meetings with people from all over the world um, on Zoom where I just try to counsel them as best as I can. And the first piece of advice I always give them is your no is not my no. Like you can go ahead and say no, and I'm cool with that. That's that's your choice. Like you have that choice. But internally, I'm not taking that. Now, if you say yes, that'd be something different. Um, so you gotta start with refusing to take anyone else's no. Cause you already got in your mind made up, like, nah, like I'm gonna do this. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna take a lot of sleepless nights. You're gonna be broke as hell. Um, you're gonna be begging, you're gonna be asking people to help you. I never forget asking my first year of medical school. I was so embarrassed to do this, but I needed some learning tools for medical school. But I also needed a, um, I needed a computer chair and I needed a computer desk. Mm-hmm. So my uncle, uh, which is actually my wife's uncle, my uncle Derwin Poindexter, had told me, he said, if you need anything, nephew, you just call me. And I was like so, you know, like prideful. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not do that like I'm just gonna figure out on my own but it was so expensive and I'm actually sitting in that computer chair right now um I refuse to get it because like it reminds me um I called my uncle and I said uncle like this is what I need and he was like okay let's get it right now so he got on Amazon he ordered me this computer chair he ordered me a desk he got me the program I needed and uh afterwards he said how long did it take before you called me and I was like a long time. He was like, don't do that because you only hurting yourself. He was like, there's people in your life on purpose who are further along than you so that they can help you. Um, that's how God works. Like he puts people in your life who are ahead of you so that when you get to that stage and you need help and you need somebody to help you navigate life, um, they're going to help you, whether it's monetarily, sometimes it's encouragement, sometimes it's a stern talking to, to help to remind you of what you're capable of doing. And so in the same fact, when I talk to these students or, you know, just people in general who are aspiring to do all these different things and even young kids, because sometimes it's like middle schoolers or high schoolers. I tell them, like, listen, you know, you're going to meet Dr. Lede and Dr. Lede is going to encourage you. 
because I'm coming from the perspective of I've heard enough no's to know that the people who are telling you no are just confused. All the people who told me no regret that now. They like, dang, I could have been a part of that story. But it's too late now. It's too late. Like <laughs> only the people who say yes are a part of the story. Um, you know, and I'm grateful for that. So I told them the same thing that like I'm gonna prepare you for the no's. Um, you know, and hopefully with the 15 white coats, we never have to tell someone no. And I kind of think of us as Robin Hood. You know, we like trying to steal from the rich to give to the people who can't afford it. They're not necessarily poor. It's just that there are systemic structures in place that like make it really difficult, um, you know, for women, for minorities to become a whole lot of things, CEOs, you know, Wall Street brokers. Like it's just it's hard across the board. Um, so I recognize that. I also recognize that from your point earlier, because I'm, I'm raising two young girls. And a lot of times they come to me with these aspirations and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And then I have to step back and I'm like, oh, yeah, what do I do? What do I need to do to protect you from the world telling you you can't do this um, <clears throat> because you're young girls, because you're African-American girls, you know, because your hair is not the way that they like it. Your makeup don't look the way they like it. Maybe your body size is not the way that they like it. You know, how do you curb all those different things? So you got to have some some inner work done um, to encourage yourself to ask for help. Um, sometimes you're going to ask people for help and they're going to say no. Sometimes they're going to say not right now. Um, you know, and then for me personally, I always tell them, like, you know, have some sort of spiritual ground. For me, you know, it's it's been my belief in Christ, but for other people, it may be Buddha, it may be um, Allah, you know, whatever it is, like, you got to have that because <clears throat> times get hard. Like times get super hard and it's a lonely road, especially to becoming a physician because like in general, not that many people become physicians. It's like so incredibly hard. Um, so it's a lonely road, um, but you also have some moments where you have some unfair no's and you like, I know you weren't supposed to tell me no. You tell me no for an, un an unfair reason. Um, so you gotta have some moments of internal, like I'm not taking that for an answer. Um, and be resourceful, you know, look for all of the scholarships. The only thing that can come from a scholarship is a yes, a no, or here's a different scholarship that I think fits you better. But if you don't apply at all, there's no way you could get it. You know, we're doing a scholarship right now through the 15 White Coast on, on Instagram where we're paying for people's board exam. Every month of the year, we pick in, I think it's like, two, five, 10 people, something like that, and just paying for their board exam, um, which is like generally like a thousand, two thousand dollars or something like that um, to take that board exam. But like, if you don't even go and look on the Instagram page and like read or, you know, you don't do some searching, then it's no way you go, you know, it's no way you're going to find it. So it, it takes some, some, some self-determination too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, there's so much you just said there. I, I think with looking at the way in which the world is going about. I mean, you said you said no, right? I for me, I think the word no. I know I talk about this every episode. I, it's going to be on my headstone. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be on my headstone when I die. It'll be on there. Like the worst thing somebody can say to you is no. Yeah. So, and the world is full of it. That's what I mean. Like we're every day, every day you're going to approach a no in some capacity. 
And if you were to get scared or deterred by a no, every no that you face, you're honestly, you're not going to get very far in life. (laughs) Um, And you're going to have a lot of regrets. Uh, Because I always say, like, why not ask, apply for that scholarship? Ask if you could do the job shadow. Ask if you, you know, ask for the opportunities because there's going to be really good people out there in the world. There's going to be some that aren't going to care, but there's going to be some really good people out there in the world that are going to say, hey, yeah, yeah, come job shadow. Hey, yeah, yeah, I think you'd be a good fit for this job or this scholarship or whatever it may be. And you're going to get that opportunity. You're going to get to where you're supposed to be in the end. Um, but yeah, I think no is just, you can't, you can't. And you also mentioned leaning on people, which I think is really like asking for help or taking help or advice or whatever it may be. Cause I'm very much that type of person where I, I, I'm a little proud. Like I like to kind of dig myself in a hole and be the one that gets myself out of it. You know, um, whether it be I'm biting off more than I can chew, whether it be I'm shooting too high, it's easy to be like, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't need to ask for people's help. (laughs) It's yeah, you can't do that. And what I've learned, especially um, I think, you know, we were chatting about it earlier, like me moving over to the UK and literally moving to a country where I have no family, where I had to make all my friends. It was wild. But it taught me you know, that's when you really have to lean on people. Um, Recently having just moved and having, you know, just, I was celebrating with all my friends recently up at graduation and just looking at all of us. And so many of us are just a bunch of expats who ended up in this country and none of us, you know, had any family or really friends here. And the way we all leaned on each other to help get to where we needed to be. I mean, how incredible is that? So I think, um, you know, a lot you said there, I think is so wise and so powerful because in trying, you know, we all have different goals, different heights we want to achieve and places we want to get to. Um, and it's good. It's good to work hard, but you have to remember to ask for help Yeah. to always just ask period, because like you said, you never know what's going to come from it. No. And I just, I just think that's so important. And, um, You know, we're going to get to uh, in a minute um, about your advice for for handling it. But um, like I said, you're just you're doing so many incredible things in the world, Russell. And what like what do you think is is next for I guess let's split this up into two questions. What do you think is next for the work that you're trying to do with, let's say, 15 white coats? Yeah, I think the next step for the 15 white coats is um to build a high school um i think we will end up building a high school i think we will end up building a high school run by minority doctors um i think we will build a high school that is known for preparing the next generation of of doctors um I think that's the next big thing that we'll do. The most immediate thing we'll do is literally prepare and get accepted 50 HBCU, historically Black College and University, Hispanic serving institution and indigenous serving institution students prepared to go to medical school, which is unheard of. Like that is like, there's 
the moment that we can say, hey, 50 people who come from these institutions have all been accepted in a medical school. And that's in large part to this Funding the Future Physicians initiative. Um, we are going to, it'll change the landscape of how physicians are prepared, um, specifically physicians from marginalized communities. Um, I think we are doing something that's unheard of. I'm scared because I know that it's new and new things are always hard because you're literally building it from the ground. Um, but the good thing is that I have history on my side. I've done this before. You know, we built the 15 White Coast from the ground. So we kind of have some experience in, in handling it. Um, <laughs> you know, and handling it very well. Um, and the good thing is that, like, we also have exposure on our side. You know, um, I'm never short on interviews. I'm never short on podcasts. I'm never short on people wanting to talk to me um, and talk about the 15 White Coats, which is a blessing because everybody doesn't have that. Um, everybody doesn't have people willingly open and honestly eager to expose the work that we're doing. Sometimes people feel like it's edgy. Sometimes people feel like, um, oh, you know, my, my, my customer base, my audience might not like it. Um, but that just means that your audience doesn't like progress. Um, so I, I think what the 15 white coach is doing is, um, it's revolutionary and it's scary, uh, but it's on par with what we've done thus far. You know, when we talked to Brooke Baldwin on CNN, we told her, uh, we just want to put 10,000 posters in 10,000 classrooms of our photo just so that kids can dream of becoming doctors. I think we have like 120,000 now. So <laughs> we blew that number out of the water. Uh, you know, and, and I, I wanted to say something. I remember when you were moving across the pond, I was like, man, that's that's got to be scary. But I think there was a post, I can't remember, I don't want to misconstrue, but I think it was either your family came up with you to help you move, or that was like the last time y'all hung out or something like that. And uh, they were all like just encouraging you. And, and I generally don't do this, but I did that time. I like read all the comments because I was like, oh, Captain's moving across the pond. Like, what's this going to be like? You know, and I kind of wanted to see like, what was it? Because I, I just like following, especially people I admire, I like following their journey. Um, but I was like, oh, this is a new thing. Like, I wonder I wonder how she's going to handle the new thing. Because, you know, it's, it's hard. The new thing is always hard. Um, and then once you get your footing, life has a way of, like, start making you start all over on something else new. Um, so you just graduated, and now you got to get a new job. And so that's new. You know, it's all, you're not a student anymore. So um, it's interesting, you know, to see that these new things, they just – making you better like they just it's like refining you know it's constant refinement um constant optimization so um i think in this phase of the 15 white coats we'll be able to better handle this new thing just because we've been through this before you know we have much more resources we have um much more encouragement we got much more exposure we got much more support um and most importantly we have much more knowledge. And so those things alone will, will get us to where we need to be. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for the kind words there. Cause I, I like how you kind of analyze that like new things, like they only make us stronger. Like I say, with every new chapter, even if it's one that was terrible and challenging and, you know, it made me want to pull my hair out. Um, but luckily, like I can say with, you know, moving and, and doing the MA, like it was a really wonderful, wonderfully challenging chapter. But I guess my point is with any chapter you're in, whether it be positive or negative, whatever you're you're learning, you're, you're experiencing. And with that, I think you develop new superpowers, you learn your capabilities. And I hearing you talk about 15 white coats and your aspirations for that, Russell, like I almost hope there's somebody listening to this when this episode drops that I hope there's somebody listening. That's like, what is this guy talking about? He wants to do what? Because little do they know, like, you're going to do it in one way or another, you know, however, that dream kind of transforms over the next few years. And however, like whatever shape it takes hold of, you're going to do something really remarkable with that. I mean, look at what you've already done. And um, I just, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like I said, what you're doing, um, creating the space, the whole team of people at the 15 White Coats, everything you guys are doing, it's, it's amazing. And just to give people not only, you know, scholarships, uh, this, this financial, wonderful financial component of it, but to just give people the validation that what they want to do in life, that that's possible and accepted and, you know, something that should be celebrated. I think that is so great. Um, and then I guess just, you know, with that as well, um, and new chapters and and where you're headed, where are like you, obviously you're going to have your head in the books over the next few years, but, um, you know, it's so much closer to, to finally becoming the doctor, the individual, the man that you want to become in this world, uh, which is so wonderful. And what do you, like, what do you, you know, hope the future holds? I hope the future holds a space where, um, I can take all this knowledge and influence and, you know, all these things that I have and spread it as far as I can um, continuously. So what what does that look like? Whether it's on um, speaking platforms, I'm going to tell you what my dream is. Mm -hmm. My dream is to have 100,000 kids um, and young adults in a football stadium um, with like thousands of mental health clinicians talking to them about mental health and what does a healthy mind look like. That's what I want to be able to lead something like that. That's what I want. I want to be able to work with the NFL and sit down with all of the new uh, rookies that come in and talk to them about managing your mind. Like, as much as you want to manage your money and manage your physical body and manage all these other things, let's manage your mind. Let's make sure the decisions that you're making, the way you see yourself, the way you internally evaluate yourself, um, that those things are at the forefront. Um, I just want to take this clinical psychiatry training and make the mental health world better. But in a way that's like not um, throwing it in your face or, uh, you know, like cheeky. Like I wanted to 
be genuine. I wanted to feel genuine. I wanted to be people touching people and not just like money being transferred or mm -hmm. programs just being put in place so that paper can be pushed. Like I wanted to be genuine transformation. Um, and I know that that takes a lot of work because you just got to find people who are really about the work and not about notoriety. Because I always say that like when you do good work, notoriety will come. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll come in time, you know, but you got to do good work first. Um, and don't go hunting for notoriety because it'll come like it, it will. It will find you, especially if you're doing real impactful, good work. It's going to find you sooner or later. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, that's what it looks like for now. Obviously, I need to complete residency. I need to do well, pass all my board exams, you know, and uh and get all that kind of stuff out of the way and then start to think about what does a larger platform with regards to mental health specifically especially for black men people don't know this but the clip at which black men are committing suicide is higher than it's ever been in a very long time um and I got a feeling that I could change that. Like me and a bunch of other people who truly care about this can change it, especially the same thing for minority children. You mm -hmm. know, nobody's thinking about the fact that like the COVID pandemic did a number on them. Like it legitimately did a number on them and they're struggling. Um, and somebody's got to really care about them. I always wonder in my head and I've always wanted to post this but then I feel like sometimes people wouldn't get it like who's worrying about the children again yeah you know sometimes adults are like so caught up in like oh my career has got to be successful and all this other stuff and like I feel like sometimes the kids are left on the back burner and they not noticed until something bad happens mm -hmm. um and I want to try to be intentional and not be one of those people you know to 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 not just leave um the babies behind the kids behind because that's what I needed when I was a kid you know those are the shoes I needed somebody to feel and there were some people who filled those shoes um I think a lot of my growth honestly and just my way of having tenacity and being who I am came from my adulthood whether it was being in the military you know whether it was um, going off to undergrad, the people I met, the mil um, going to get my PhD. And so it's just, it's time for me to, I want to dedicate a lot of my life, not only as a pediatrician and child and adolescent psychiatrist, but just as a man um, to, to the future of these children and these young mm -hmm. adults, because why not? Yeah. You know, why not? Who's going to come along and save them? Hopefully, hopefully me and a whole, a whole bunch of other people can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can all when it comes to the next generation. I mean, there's a lot we can do better, but we could always no matter where we're at in the world, we could always be doing better uh, for them. And I think with mental health, I mean, as myself, somebody who struggled with, uh, you know, recently struggled with anxiety battles and, and um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the men, again, having uh, coming from a military family and just looking at you know, the men and women who serve for our country and um, the lack of care in regards to their mental health. 
Um, and just, you know, you brought up children, like look at uh, it's to not even get into that conversation, but just everything going on for kids in the world these days, when you look at, you know, the, the school shootings and everything and how these moments, everything happening in the world right now is going to impact them as adults, (laughs) you know, mental health, we need to start working on it more and, 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 just working with our youth and just working with, you know, the people of today, no matter what age, you know, everybody, everybody can use it. And I think, um, you know, putting your, your focus and your sights on that and how we can improve and spark more conversation and bring more awareness to that is just incredible. Um, so just more power to you, but, uh, yeah, Russell, like I said, this, it, It's just so awesome to see like how much you've done in just, you know, the short amount of time uh, since we last had connected. Um, And I want to revisit. So when I last spoke to you on handling it, I had asked you, you know, our question on how do you, uh, you know, what's your best advice for handling life? And you brought up about, you know, you brought up the concept of time and time being non-refundable. And how God gives us a certain amount of time in this world and not taking that for granted. Do you still find that to be really like a through line for you in your life? Have you developed, adapted new advice? Um, if if you want to share like what now in 2023 is helping you out with handling it? Yeah. Uh, in this phase of my life for who I am, um, <clears throat> I am still thinking time is not refundable. Don't waste it. Um, utilize it properly. Don't, you know, don't, don't squander the time that you have. Don't squander the time that you have. Um, but the other thing is too, is I am, I'm learning. I'm not good at it yet, but I'm learning to give myself some grace. Um, I am doing well. Um, I am accomplishing my goals. It's just some things take time and you can't do it all in one day. You know, you can't do it all in one week. You can't do it all in one month. Um, It takes time. It also takes patience. It's okay to fail. Um, As a matter of fact, there's a recent book by... uh, the uh, founder of Slutty Vegan that says, like, I hope you fail. Um, because there's so much that we learn in failure. So many people are afraid of failure because it's like, oh, the whole world is ending, but it's not. Um, people fail all the time and failing is a part of, of, of eventually succeeding. And so I'm learning to give myself some grace. And I'm also learning to accept praise from people. Um, you know, people used to tell me like, man, you're doing so well what you're doing is amazing. And then he's like, no, it's not enough. Like I should be doing way more like blah, 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 blah. And now I'm just like, no, what you're doing right now is amazing. Like it is incredible. Um, Don't minimize your success. You know, don't minimize people giving you your flowers because sometimes people giving you your flowers is what keeps you going. You know, people recognizing the work that you're doing is not in vain. Um, and that's helpful. So I'm learning to be okay with somebody being like, no, you know, RJ, you're doing great. Like this work that you're doing is amazing. If you take a day off, it's okay. 
you know, if you can't get to it this week, it's okay. Um, you know, and, and that's taken a lot of growth because my internal evaluator of what I've done and who I am and how I perform and what I get done is always higher. I think Dwayne Wade said, uh, my beliefs are greater than your doubts. So, um, you know, I think in many ways, I've always tried my best to just give myself a higher bar than everyone else is giving me. And I still do that. But I also recognize that people coming along and be like, you know, what you're doing is amazing. Not to ignore that because it's, it's nice for people to recognize that you're doing great work. You know, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. So I'm learning. Um that it's okay. It's also okay to take a day off and go to the gym. <laughs> it's also okay to go for a walk. It's also yeah. okay to not work for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not built to be a machine and just keep working all day, every day. Um, and it's okay to rest. So um, even God rested. So yep. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm learning and giving myself grace and being okay with that, which is hard because Mm-hmm. I have been running for a long time. I've been running for since 2004 mm-hmm. and it's 2023 and I'm finally learning how to slow down and yeah. take my time, you know, and be okay with a, a little bit of rest. So it's hard to do um, because I always think I'm in competition with yesterday, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not. You're not. And I, I think you know, that's really powerful because it's, yeah, A, you need to rest. Like everybody needs to rest. Um, and that's so important. But I think too, it's like you said, not undermining your success. And I think just acknowledging your intentions, right. For things and your, your vision for what you want to do and your belief in that and your tenacity for that. And, you know, Russell, it made me think, so a humble brag, I guess, on my end, um, but it has a point. <laughs> so I had my graduation last week and my professor, it's been like a running joke because like the first week of class, he had said in in front of our class, he's like, oh yeah, Kat Roberts, like you are just without a doubt, like the most intimidating woman I've ever met. And I was like, what? <laughs> me? Intimidating? Like it's it's not... I don't, I don't find myself intimidating. I was so thrown off by it. And I always like kind of picked on him for it. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And he never really like further expanded upon that statement. And it almost like bothered me throughout the program because I wanted to know more. And so we had our graduation day and we all went out and we were having, um, it was so great. We were all having drinks as course mates and our parents were there, our families were there and our professors showed up and it was really wonderful to all be there in that celebration together. And so this professor came over to me and he asked, you know, what's new with me? I told him, you know, I'm, I'm, I now moved fully here and I got a job and, you know, I told him about, so I had made my uh, film. So I was telling him about that and how I'm going to release it and about the podcast and all this stuff. And he said, he was like, yeah, <laughs> he said, you know, when you had, he said, I, I, I tell people like, you're just the most intimidating person I've met because when you interviewed, he said, when you interviewed to come on to this course, he said, I went to the other like faculty in the program and he said, this kid knows exactly what she wants in the world. Like, I don't know what to do with her because she knows exactly what she wants. Like, how could I, like, what could I give her? 
And that to me was, was just like a really, I, I took that to heart so much. Like that was to me, like the greatest accomplishment or the greatest um, compliment somebody can give me because it kind of just validated, okay, what I'm doing, like people see light in that and see, you know, power in that and my intentions, even though maybe I haven't achieved all the things I want to achieve yet, that the way I'm approaching the world, the way I'm approaching the chapters in front of me, that that's important. So to hear him say, like, you know, the way you set out and, you know, approach the world and is just exactly how you should do it. It was just really great. And I thought, Russell, like, you're very, you're very much that kind of person yourself where you, you do, you know exactly what you want to do in this world. And with that is such a powerful thing. Whatever you decide to do, you know, we'll see. And I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. But the way you approach helping and cultivating this next generation and inspiring them and instilling, you know, just belief in their dreams and and helping them to to see what they can do in this world, I think is so powerful. And I just, I can't wait to see what all you continue to do truly. So. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I will be linking everything up in this episode's description of where people can follow you. But, you know, it is just, it's truly been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on again and, and chatting. It was so great to catch up. Nah, it's, it's good to see you, Catherine. I'm sure we'll chat in the future years, but uh, I'm proud of you too. You're doing amazing work. Uh, you do know what you want out of this world. And that's half the battle. You know, everybody's got a lot of ambiguity in their decision-making, but the folks who know what they want are probably going to be the charges in the world. So um, I'm looking forward to where the Hamlin podcast go because um, I think what you're doing is, just like that professor said, it's absolutely groundbreaking, and you'll be successful. There's no doubt about it. There ain't no question. Um, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, like I said, it, it, it it's not something that just kind of happens overnight. It's the people like, and you kind of talked about the people you have in your corner that enable you to kind of feel that way and to kind of help pave that way for you that you can, you know, go and charge ahead and, and, you know, embark on everything that you want to embark on. So, um, yeah, with that, I always say like, I got a good, good group of people in my corner and I, I'm sure, you know, hearing you talk about it too, you're the same, but um, yeah, like I said, can't wait to see what all you continue to do. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> yeah, of course. Good talking to you. Well, having listened back again to this conversation, I am still in such awe of Russell and the work that he's doing. His capacity to help others is unbelievable, and his tenacity to turn his dreams into a reality is something that personally inspires me. I highly encourage you all to follow along with his journey. I've linked information to the 15 White Coats and Russell's platform below for you to learn more about his story and maybe give you some inspiration of your own perhaps if you've been contemplating med school and following your own dreams. Thank you to Dr. Russell Lede so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now, and keep handling it.
I'll talk to you soon.